0: What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Happy Wednesday. We've got a interesting episode for you today. In this conversation, we are going to get into so many things. We're going to talk about the four most common energy blocks and how to clear them, how our guest Oliver went from being a total skeptical businessman to a renowned energetic healer why you don't even need to know about your traumas or remember them to start healing them, how to clear your energy blocks and receive more abundance, and what sacred geometry is and some practices to actually start feeling into it for yourself. So I was super unfamiliar with sacred geometry, and Oliver actually runs me through some exercises, closed eye visualizations that you can also do while listening to the podcast towards the end to start to kind of feel into this practice and see how it might be able to help you protect your energy. So there's a lot of interesting things in this episode. I know you're going to love it. Oliver Nino is our guest. He is known as the spiritual activator, and he is a sacred geometry and energy activation expert, a thought leader, a celebrity spiritual advisor to stars such as Demi Moore and Gwyneth Paltrow, and he has trained and certified healers from over 60 countries and has almost 2 million students online and an extensive celebrity clientele. Oliver is on a mission to teach others how to clear, protect, and unblock their energy so they can attract more abundance, love, and purpose into their lives. Yes, please. So his approach is pretty unique. He works on the entire energetic system, going straight to the root of the issue with one's aura, their chakras, blood, organs, the physical body, and looking at things from a cellular, gestational, generational, and karmic level. Just last month, Oliver released his first book with Hay House titled Spiritual Activator Five Steps to Clearing, Unblocking, and Protecting Your Energy to Attract More Love, Joy, and Purpose. And he's here today to share some mind blowing insights with us all. Let's dive into this episode. Welcome to the Makeshift Happen podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Daly entrepreneur, life coach, and your no BS bestie here to bring you all things mindset, manifestation, and personal development. This podcast is designed to help you expand your mind and up level your life. So turn the volume up and roll the windows down. If you're coming along for the ride, let's go make shift happen. welcome to the show, Oliver. I'm so excited to have you here. I can't wait to talk about your new book and also just to pick your brain about so many spiritual concepts. There are so many people in my community that are going to be so interested to hear from you. So I'm really, really looking forward to this conversation. Welcome to the makeshift happen podcast.
1: Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yeah. I'm excited to dive in. So to start I'm always really intrigued by the human behind the kind of persona or the business, if you will. So I'd love if you could share like a little bit about your childhood or how you grew up, or maybe what some of the fundamental experiences were that that shaped you to be who you are today.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. And it's funny because every time I look back, it's one of the things to where if you ask me if I thought I would be doing what I'm doing now, I I wouldn't have never guessed it. I wouldn't have never guessed it when I was a child. I would have never guessed it, you know, like 15 20 years ago. It's just one of the things to where it's it's looking back I'm like gosh, I grew up as a kid, I grew up in the Philippines, right? And it was a very um strict catholic upbringing and household and it was interesting about about I'm growing up in the Philippines even though you know, it was a strict Catholic upbringing to where certain things like, you know, spirituality and, you know, and your spiritual gifts and energy is like taboo topics in the Philippines itself. The culture is rich with with energy. Right. I remember every time, um, you know, we went out, we went out, my mom, we had a school that my mom had in the Philippines. So when we opened the school, I remember one of the first things that she wanted to do was to get a, uh, one of the healers to kind of scope the land kind of cleared the energy of the land. And whenever somebody was sick in, in in the household and it was a kind of sickness that nothing would work, you know, energy healers were the ones that we would call. So it was it was interesting because on one end it was forbidden and on the other end it was part of culture. And it was just one of the things that was accepted. Right. So I feel like that kind of um helped me out earlier on um, because I just became it became something that was normal to me of like, oh, there's this spiritual energy world that I guess exists, <laughs> you know. Um, and 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 throughout the looking back at throughout my childhood, there are little hints of it. Like my my grandfather was a channel, right? So um I would I would I remember hearing stories about whenever there were squabbles and, and 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 quarrels in the family. You know, my grandfather would channel his dad to settle the score between, you know, fighting siblings, right? And then my dad is also like, you know very religious and I remember seeing him speaking in tongues and all those different things to where I'm like wow I guess this is just normal I can't explain it so I feel like that um looking back even though I didn't I even though I wasn't really into it back then or didn't really that wasn't my world it made it so I wasn't scared of it
2: Mm -hmm. right
1: so fast forward to um um like you know when we moved from the Philippines to the US my entire dad's business just crumbled. Right. And uh, and um, and he was in so much debt and he was like, you know, I want to provide better um, future for my kids. So we all re- we all moved to the United States. And um, I remember then, even then I was starting off, you know, in business and it was my thing. And, and my background is in business, very successful. A lot of Internet marketing businesses. And I was set for I was set in that world. Right. Um, getting here and being a healer was like it was like for me, it was the last thing I wanted because. I I felt like back then I had, I had it all in a way, right. Except for purpose and fulfillment. So yeah. for me, it was, it was interesting because if you had asked me back then, I'm like, you know, I, I I can't meditate for more than five minutes. I'm not, I'm not the, the monk on top of the hill that's spending, you know, 18 hours of their day just in, in solitude. Right. I'm not, I'm not, I am i I don't look the part. I don't, think the part that would be the opposite of what a healer or somebody who's in, 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 you know, should be in spirituality should look like, be like, think like, and I'm very skeptical, like left brain, super skeptical about everything and and hard time trusting and surrendering. So for me back then, and looking back, I'm laughing. I'm like, this is my path of, of teaching people energy and spirituality. When looking back, I was like, wow, it was literally against all odds that I would choose this and surrender everything I had to go down this path. Right. So for me, that's kind of like, you know, it's, it's very interesting looking back as I kind of like chuckle little like at times we can't plan for what's coming because we're not in we're, we we are not in the right frequency to see it all. And we're, we're taking it step by step and we can understand things looking back at times versus looking forward. Right. So for me, it's like looking back, it's like I was, the signs were always there. I was guided. I was supported. I was loved through, even though I didn't believe it. And it was for me, it was, I think the mixture of me being rooted into the business world first and me being left brain um, kind of played a good part of me being able to explain things in in a way that people can understand and, and they can conceptualize it better versus it being so far out there that people can't even grasp the essence of, you know, energy and spirituality, you know?
0: Yeah. And that's a really important skill. I think that's one of the things that has served me the most in my business. And yeah. even in this podcast is the ability to kind of synthesize these yeah. larger concepts and, and make it understandable and digestible for people. Okay. So you were in the business world, you yeah. uh, on paper, right? It was like, had it all. Like you, yeah. you figured out your life, like could have been set just continuing that way. Mm. What made you, shift into the realm of, of energy work and spirituality? Obviously you have some history in your family and some tradition of this, you know, where you're from, but like, how did you really come into your gifts? And Mm -hmm. when, what was that moment of like the calling where you were like, okay, I know I'm being asked to do something different.
1: I was very stubborn <laughs> to be honest. It wasn't easy. It was it was a fight. It, I didn't I didn't become a healer like willingly. It was kicking and screaming and all the different things. But um it was a dangling carrot. At the very beginning, I was all into business. And um and my journey started like a little over 20 years ago in the business world. And back then I was trying to um um break the six-figure ceiling that I had in my business uh, when I first started, and nothing that I did worked right? I mean, I read the books, I tried to work harder, and working harder didn't equate to more um, abundance. And, um, and I remember trying everything I could and, and and almost almost feeling super defeated that nothing was, um, none of my efforts were translating into what I wanted. So at that point, I was like, okay, I'm open to anything. And then a dear friend of mine who was an intuitive um, came and, and it was like talking to me about energy, talked to me about energetic body, talked to me about the chakras. I didn't know what chakras were. I thought there were some sort of chocolate or food. I don't know. Right. It was, it was, it was funny to me because I, back then, you know, all this stuff wasn't as mainstream as it is now. Right. I think yeah. I forget if, if, if the secret had even come out by then, but it wasn't as socially acceptable or cool. So I didn't have any framework of what this was. And she was like, you know, I have a friend coming into town. You should see him. He's a healer. And maybe what you're looking for is something to help you with, Abundance, maybe you have abundance blocks and I've never heard of what abundance blocks were. And back then, like I wouldn't do my, my biggest thing, really dangling carrot of, you know, the universe or God or higher power or whatever your listeners, um, uh, resonate with was, was growth and abundance because I hadn't figured it out. So I remember I was like, okay, let me see this guy. And, and I remember uh, I was living in California back then. So I drove to, um, to Panga Canyon. Um, and, and there was this healer was renting this octagon space um, looking house. And I walked in and I remember I was just like, I was coughing because I've never smelled sage before. I'm like, no, it's Why does that smell? It's like, it smelled horrible. Right. And there's this like humming in the background and there's the incense. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of, and this guy walks out and he was like the typical, like, you know, wearing white and like, you know, and, and the mala beads and I'm like, all right, I'm officially being inducted to a cult and I don't even know about it. Right. So I was just so <laughs> skeptical about the whole thing. And then, you know, Sits me down. It's like you know, I'm gonna do some energy clearing on you. Um, and so I was sitting down there. Must have been the most awkward hour of my life. And I was sitting down there, like, you know, and I was like, okay, eyes closed. I'm trying to meditate. All these thoughts are coming in. All this self talk of like, what are you even doing here? Is this even real? And I was like, okay. And then I was like, I because I, I couldn't see anything, I couldn't hear anything. Then next thing you know, I was like, wow, I'm starting to feel something. I feel like there's there's some activity, like a wind. So I thought, oh, wow, this might be it. This might be my moment. And it opened my eyes. And this healer was literally with his crystal wand just going really, really fast in front of me. I'm like, all right, this guy. I was like, this is, this is such, this is such crap. But I didn't say anything. I'm, people please their emotions. I'm just, eyes were quiet and I'm like, all right. And what felt like eternity, you know, uh, I was, my eyes were just closed. And I'm like, this guy is just making this whooshing sounds, doing things fast. Probably getting scammed here. I don't even know. Right. And, uh, and, and I remember there's a moment that I thought something was happening because I was like, oh, wow. I'm feeling some, something in my stomach. I'm like, this is it. This is the, this is, maybe this energy thing works. And turns out my, my stomach was grumbling because I was hangry. And I'm like, all right, that's it. Like, you know, I, this guy better wrap up quick because I'm hangry now. Right. So I'm like, all right. So long story short, this guy wraps up and he was like, you know, you've got, you've got energy blocks. In you know, abundance blocks in your heart and your power center. It's from your dad. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, and at this point, all I can think of was food. I, I, I didn't care at all. I'm like, all right, this is probably a write-off. This is a write-off, a waste of time. And he goes like, you know what? I remove your biggest blocks. And in the next four to six weeks, you're going to have more abundance than you've ever had before. And I was like, oh, great. I got it. In my mind was like all skeptical. I got a two in one special. Not only do I have an energy healer, I got a fortune cookie too. Great. Great. <laughs> So I was like, I walked out there, thanked the guy. I was like, ate, didn't think anything of it. And fast forward five weeks later, like to the to, 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 dot, um, I got this opportunity that came out of nowhere. I didn't work for it. I didn't manifest it. I didn't think about it. And I made more in a day than than an entire year. Wow. And that's when I was like, oh my gosh, whatever this woo-woo energy one-waving thing is, I don't care. I'm gonna go down the rabbit hole. I, this thing works. This work when nothing else has worked. So let me go ahead and figure out what this is all about. And and and, and, and you know, long story short, with that whole thing is two months later. I spent all of it, uh, and I realized that even though energy got me there quickly, right? Like lottery winners, if you think about them, mm-hmm. they, they 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 get this windfall. My mind and my emotions were not um, equipped. For that level of success fast so i found ways to spend it i found ways to you know pay parents bills bought a car run on vacations all those different things because i was used to that level and if you look at lottery winners they did a study on them i forget if it's 90 or 95 percent of them are in a worse financial place 10 years later than they were before they won so yeah. but what i got from it is i don't need to believe it because i was skeptical i don't even need to have the right emotions to be able to to experience the windfall. I can, because when I'm attracting things energetically, it can come even though I'm not prepared for it. But I have to get these aligned if I wanna keep it. So ever since then, it kind of shifted the way I approach things to where like, what if I attracted what I wanted? And while I'm attracting it, I'm I'm rewiring my mind and emotions. So at least like, and if I wanna go through a, a problem, at least I have the resources. I can go through it without the abundance or with the abundance. At least I'm, I'm somewhere, right? So for me, that was probably my the one of the big, and there's been plenty since then, but one of the big eye-openers of like what's possible with energy, that there's this entire world that I'm not aware of where things can happen really, really quickly, even if I'm skeptical. So that was my first introduction to energy, how fast it can work, what it can do, and what's possible.
0: Mm, I love that story. Um, it's so funny how so many of us start off skeptical and then it becomes like a really deep part of our work and our life and our belief system. Uh, it's interesting to look back on like the, the, who you were before and after. And I know a lot of people listening will, uh, resonate with that. So you go down this journey of, of course, then leaning more into the spiritual world, discovering Mm -hmm. more things, trying more things, honing your own gifts And now you're this really experienced healer. I feel like my audience would be really curious to know this, as am I. Like, yeah. when a celebrity hires you, let's say, what are they typically looking for, and what is the service that you provide?
1: It's um, it's interesting because I actually don't do a lot of one on ones, right? So a lot of people that they, they that's the, that's the thing that they they think because I I guess from being a marketer I should know this, right? But a lot of the stuff that we do. Um, it's, it's through, you know, that's through different funnels. So the website is the last, is the last thing that we work on and everything else gets built from there. So for example, I'll walk you through a day in the life, like a few, a a few months ago we did. Um, so we, we own a retreat center, my wife and I, and we have like two studios that we have in there. Right. So where we do all our virtual events. So we did a virtual event where we had 15,000 people who paid to be part of a three-day event that we had. Right. That's typically what we do is like, Big events, teaching people how to manage their energy, and if it's not that, then I'm training healers. You know, I have a certification that teaches people how to heal others. So for me, I'm going for impact. So when with these big events, then I can reach more people, and then with, with training a healer on how to do what I do, and it's now I have somebody who can do ten, hundred, or thousand healings a month. That's my ripple. Yeah. Effect. So most of my time is is there so when I have celebrities or, or, or you know uh, people that are um like you know um, either celebrities or entrepreneurs or uh, you know people that are have influence come to me typically they come word of mouth and typically I do a lot of them um I do a lot of them pro bono um and those are the only ones that I do kind of one-on-one and my my, my reasoning behind it is because if somebody comes to me and they have 25 million followers right that if I shift them it shifts everybody that they're, you know, that they're having access to. So for me, since my, most of my goal is like, you know, the whole world, I want to raise the frequency, then I've got, I've got to do multiple avenues. But to answer your question, when they, when they come to me, they're typically a friend recommends them. They're like, hey, you got to, you got to work with this person. And a lot of it's different. Sometimes I, I meet them at a, they're going through a crisis in their life, right? And it's it's one of the things where they're in the tabloids, they're all over the news, they're going through their biggest crisis in their life, or they're going through a, a huge growth moment in their life, right? And they're having to be vulnerable, and I'm there to support them through it. Or um, a lot of times, too, it's peak performance, right? They, 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 um, they're trying to get to the next level, or they're trying to to perform the best that they can, and there's something stopping them. And they've tried a lot of different things, and nothing has worked. And energy is, you know, typically to like, let's try it out. And that's where I come in. So a lot of times they're in full expansion and a lot of times they're in crisis mode, right. And they're dealing with, 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 um, different things that I'm, that are happening. Uh, and those are the, typically the two areas where, I, where they come to me for is they have a deep need, um, to just break through when nothing else has worked.
0: So talk to me about energy work and what this, what this actually means or entails? Is it chakras? Is it meditation? Is it mindset stuff? Is it EFT tapping? Is it like, what is your version of this energy work?
1: Got it. So the way I look at it is um, different things. So if I look at the why a person is experience experiencing the life they want. I look at it because two things. One is they probably have energetic blocks in their system and energetic blocks can be in their auric field, in the chakras. It can be in the cellular level. It can be the DNA level. It can be in, in the physical body. It can exist more than, you know, and, and what I've learned is the deeper the block is and you know, it, it goes beyond the chakras down to the DNA level to where now it's passed on generationally. Right, so for me, I look at it. I look at it that, that that way, but I also look at it as sure you have blocks, but you also have people's pure potential that they're not able to tap into for some reason. Like they look, if people study the um this, the um what did they call it DNA? They I forget if it's ninety or ninety two percent of it. They call it as junk DNA. You don't know what it is. They can't. But, but But if you if you if you look at what, you know, the stories, whether it's in religious texts or cultures of what humans were able to do back in the day, right? How long we lived, how tall we were, all the things that we're able to do that now seems like a sci fi. But across all all, all cultures, there was like, how are they doing all these different things? I feel like a lot of our gifts, a lot of our potentials in our DNA and and through time, whether it's exposed to environmental factors, and different stressors that we didn't have back then that kind of like, you know, um, either scramble or affect our DNA. And then we lose more and more touch with our essence and who we are and what we're capable of. So for me, it's a two-part thing. It's when I'm doing energy healing, it's removing the blocks that hold us back, but also activating the spiritual gifts and our potential that is in our DNA that we might've forgotten along the way. So, and when I look at it, it's Okay. I look at somebody and I'm like, there's typically four different um, sources of a block, right? If somebody is having problems, let's say, with um, their love life, or they're always attracting people that are toxic or their hearts are closed or abundance, they're always like, oh, I manifest just enough, but then the car breaks down, right? Or they're like, I don't feel well day to day. Um, Typically, I look at environment. Sometimes people, it's just environmental, right? They're good, but they walk into a mall, and the environment affects them for some people that's all it is is just their their environment affects them and they just need tools to protect themselves from the environment or rise above the negativity for some it's traumatic events that happen in their life something happens in their life and because that happened it's affecting them now and the thing that i realized with that is sometimes it's not the big ones that you think it's the things that you might not even be conscious of like kid that's trying to tell their parents something that they're excited about. And in that moment, the parent was reading newspaper and was distracted, like, you know, and the kid therefore was like, okay, I'm invisible, I'm unloved, like, you know, I, I feel hurt, therefore I'm not gonna shine. And because they, 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 make that, they make that decision, it now, you know, creates an energetic block. And now that's their vibration and everyone they attract Makes them feel invisible. Makes them you know, like it makes them like, you know feel inadequate. You know and uh, and and reproduces those same um, thought patterns and emotions. So sometimes it is that. Sometimes the block is gestational. Someone's in the womb. Mom goes through um, a traumatic event, and the kid now lives with that without having zero context of what created it. But now they're now living the, the effects of it. And some it's generational. Great great grandparents had it grandparents had it, your parents had it, now you have it. And it's like, same problem, different generation. And it didn't start with you, but it can end with you kind of thing, right? So when I look at blocks, I look at typically, those are the four sources. And for me, when I'm with somebody in person or whether it's remote, I can sense where the blocks are in their body, right? Because it's in their heart, for example, and and it's in their heart, and it's related to love and abundance. If I remove that, the cool thing about energy work is if I remove it, one, I don't need to know, or people don't need to know the source of the trauma to release it because if it happened generationally or gestationally, there's no way you can remember that you weren't even there. But the cool thing is those leave an energetic imprint and they stay in the same place. So if a, let's say a block in the heart was removed, that could be 30 traumatic events, You know, 20, 21 different limiting beliefs, like 17 different you know, emotional patterns that are debilitating to you four different areas of the body that hurt that are all connected to here. And when you remove it, you know, you don't need to know what it's connected to. All you know is that now you're not being held back and you can experience more of life. If I look at it like turning on the lights, I'm not an electrician. So when I turn on the lights, I don't even know all the wiring or what it's connected to all you need to know is if I flip it on, like it turns on and shit off, turns off and it works. And the same thing with blocks. It's like when, when it's there, you experiencing a certain life when it's removed it gets better and a lot of times it's 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 weird for people because they they they've been taught to i got to know what it is to shift it versus like i don't need to know what it is i can just experience life without it and start thriving you know
0: yeah i heard you say something that i loved which is exactly what you just reiterated there was you don't have to revisit or remember the trauma or even know about it in order yeah. to heal it yes. and i think that is extremely liberating for some people, especially for people who have been through a lot of this, you know, really challenging talk therapy or things like that, where it's having to go back all the time, not saying that that's, you know, not effective in some ways or has its own merit. But I do think that this is really liberating to feel like there's a way to release it without even having to come to the conclusions of where it came from and why it started and all of that information. I love the the illustration that you gave of flipping on the lights. So if we think about it that way, you said, we don't really need to know how or where it started or even the full story. But as long as we know the tools of how to clear it, that we can do that and, and we'll live better because of it. So what is the, what are some of the tools that help us flip on the lights, essentially like that motion of turning on the lights? What is that when it comes to clearing our own energy?
1: Yeah. So the cool thing about it is I'm, I'm actually super practical person, very. And I think it's one of the things that I'm, I'm, I've been blessed with is being like, I can live in both worlds. I can live in the super energetic world and I, I can live in here and now, and you can, you can relate with running a business. You're like, you know, I get it, I can manifest, but I can ground it in this reality and I'm good with both. Right. You know it's, you know, you're you're getting information, but you're also taking massive action. So for me, the what I like about energy is somebody can be doing things that uh, that um that affect their energy energy positively without even knowing that they're doing that. Like you don't have to get into, yes, I've got crystals, I do a lot of energy work, I do a lot of those incense and I, I have sacred geometry. I mean, I geek out and all that stuff, but is it necessary? Not if somebody, if, the, if it's not their path, then it's not necessary because things that we do clear our energy without a song for it. I'll give you an example. So if somebody made a decision of like, I'm going to be invisible, I'm not, I, you know, and, I, and they make a decision to dim their light and not stand in their power, that creates a block, let's say. Um, as an example, let's say throw a throat shot across a block and their power center because they're not speaking their truth and they're not staying in their power. Right. Yeah. That's a block right there. How do you get rid of that? Sure. You can do energy work. You can do all different things, but even if that wasn't available to people, how, how do they get rid of it? So when you make a decision of like, you know, I'm going to shut my light, I'm going to be invisible. That's an intention that you put out there that unless you rectify it, unless you set a new intention, the old intention stays in motion, you know, and it gets reinforced with action. So if you're ready to break that cycle and you're like, you know what, I'm ready to put me first. I'm ready to honor how I am. I'm ready to take up more space in the world and be in my own skin. I'm ready to be me and shine my light intention. And then next thing you know, you're doing, you're doing actions. You're like, okay, if you're in a situation where you feel like you need to speak your truth and express, you speak your truth, whether you're speaking it, you're texting it, you're writing it, you're emailing, it doesn't really matter. It's the expression of truth. If somebody crosses you your boundaries and you're like, the old you doesn't want to reinforce it but the new you is like you know i've got to lovingly put boundaries and the of putting boundaries on like all of a sudden you're empowered therefore as you're doing that the throat clears as you speak as you stand in your power the power center clears and by action and intention those two things like they can you can clear something that's systematically blocked because now you're addressing it at the core so for me when people get introduced to my work the first thing i do is like hey Like, and I want to share with you things that you can do right now, even without learning anything, you know, new things that, you know, may be hard at first, but when you do them, they're worth it because it changes, um, the trajectory of your life by changing the vibration that you're on because you're choosing differently. And and that's the thing that I love about this work is like, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter what's happened in the past right? The thing that's affecting us now is the energy that's created from those actions and decisions and intentions that's affecting us right now, right? So the now is affected by the past, but tomorrow is affected by what we do now. So if we want, you know, something different tomorrow, logically change our intentions, change our decisions, it changes our entire energetic field. Therefore, our entire experience moving forward is different. So for me, I mean, I like giving at the beginning, very practical stuff of like, it doesn't make sense to people, but when they start doing it, they're like, it makes a whole difference. For example, people, let's say, are having part-time with abundance and they have abundance blocks. A lot of times it's either they have a problem receiving love, receiving compliments, receiving in general, because they don't feel like it's safe to do it. And if you can't receive, right? Then how are you going to receive the abundance is waiting for you so you can't receive you know, simply the energy of it, right? Or it's their reaction towards money and abundance that gets them. And when they and when they address that, which is something that somebody can do in a day, all of a sudden, they're like, wow, things are better. So for me, I look at it as it's all interconnected to where the simple things that we can do. And it's because they're simple doesn't mean they're easy, but they're simple. We know we need to do them. We push them off. They have a very um, powerful, energetic benefits once we actually do them.
0: Yeah, I I love the practicality of this because I feel like there is so much available to us, yeah. but because it's so simple, we almost think, nah, like that won't actually fix me or that won't yeah. help me or that won't solve it because it has to be this, you know, they rather, mm-hmm. yeah, it has to be this big crazy thing where you know I I go into the ashram and there's a guy in long robes and he waves yeah. the crystal wand in front of me or he pulls the energy out of me and I have like an exorcism and then I'm finally clear. And although there may be experiences that we can have that are like that, I think it's important. I love this reminder of like the simple thing is the intention And the action, as you said, I always remind my clients, like the biggest antidote to fear is action. When Mm -hmm. you're afraid of the next step or the next level or who you're trying to become, the best way to start to conquer that is through those small actions. And I also love that you mentioned the importance of deciding because I see a lot of people who think that they have decided about something in their mind They're like, I've decided that I want to start a business or Mm -hmm. I've decided that I want to attract more abundance, but the decision really is just living in their head. And what I try to remind people of is your decision has to come not through a thought alone, but also through the conviction of a really bold move. So exactly as you're saying of like the decision translates into action and that's where the intention meets the step forward to start to create that change.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the thing, the thing with that, um, is, um, is one, not that like we live in a, we live in a a world to where it's like people think the more complicated it is 67 steps, the more sensational and dramatic it is. It, it's the only way that it would work. And I'm not saying that it won't work for some people that does work because what it does is it's they think it has to be that way. So when it happens, they believe it. And we, right. we, and we lose that last part that we are more, you know, we have more of a say than we think we do. At the end of the day, it's us. I feel like it's we, whether we set things in motion that created our lives and we forgot about it, or we don't realize that if somebody else set things in motion, we can set new, 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 things in motion that can counter that. And we can be creators of our own reality. And at times I'm not I'm not opposed to the the training wheels at the beginning because I relied on them plenty, going to Sedona because they're vortex points, you know, seeing intuitive readers, you know, doing all those different things because I didn't think I I didn't think I had it within me, which I I feel like a lot of people go through that um step. And it's not a bad step, it is just a training wheel step. And then I think the next thing you're called to do is the realizing that we have it all within, that anything that they can do outside, we can do it within us, and we have to trust ourselves. But Knowing that and doing that, different story. Because I knew that for a long time. Took me a while to really embody that, right? And a lot of it is is understanding that, yes, we go through these different cycles. And even if we don't get it perfect, we give ourselves ourselves grace as we go through it. Because everyone's journey is different, right? And and the way I look at this, all of them are teachers along the way. But ultimately, a big step in in our self-actualization and evolution is realizing that it's within us that mm-hmm. we can do it, right? And along the way, be thankful of all the all the teachers and training wheels that we were blessed with. And you get to a place to where your relationship with it is very neutral. You're like, yes, I can do it. Well, today I want to use a training wheel, but yeah, I know I can do it within and that's fine. And not judging yourself, thinking that you're going back because you're doing one or the other, but realizing like, yes, I'm empowered. And yes, I decided to use a tool today and that's fine, but I'm still me. And, and really coming from a place of full, full knowing of who you are and accepting of who you are as well.
0: Mm, Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's so true. Like some of these modalities and tools and, you know, going to people or things outside of ourselves is a really beautiful way to have this introduction and really feel like, oh, you know, this is all possible and it's happening to me through this really crazy spiritually gifted person. And wow. But then realizing that the spiritually gifted person is is also you. It's within you and you have the power to help yourself and heal yourself and have access to all of that. I think it is something that you sort of mentioned is even just something as simple as like the placebo effect, right. Of like yep. believing that something is going to work mm-hmm. then inadvertently makes it work more. And what is that? That's just another reflection of how powerful you are because yeah. you believed that it was possible. So you created the result. Right. And so that, I mean, that's science and, and that's, and, that's and, so crazy.
1: And the thing is science, like, Oh my gosh, it's just crazy. The power of our minds. If you think about it, which our minds are not even the strongest when it comes to manifesting with energy intentions. Then you have your mind, you have your emotions, your decisions. I I've come to, to to witness that it's intentions and decisions are if you do one or the other or both, they can override your entire frequency. And even if you don't believe it, it still happens for you. Case in point: when I wasn't when I was skeptical and lottery winners. So the mind doesn't have to be on board. But in itself, even if it's not the strongest part, it's very, very powerful. And they did these tests to where they would tell somebody they're getting a downer and they gave them mm-hmm. an upper. And even though biochemically that, you know, that pill was designed to, to, to be an upper, they believed it's a downer. They had the effects of it being a downer and vice versa. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's not even placebo. That's something that you ingest yeah. as designed to change your biochemistry yeah. and your mind because of that overrides power. And tell, the brain tells the body, this is what it is. It overrides everything, right? So I feel like even from the mind perspective, it's very powerful. And to learn that that's not even the most powerful part of us. And even with that, it's powerful, right? So. Mm.
0: Mm. Okay. So if the mind is not even the most powerful part of us, even though it is extremely powerful, what can you talk about? Like, what is like, what, what's more powerful than changing your I- mind?
1: I feel like intention, uh, for sure, is is more powerful um, than than the mind, um, because when you're, because the mind, because you gotta remember, we we're not we're not human beings, bodies with a soul. We're we're energetic beings housed in a body, body, right? With and our body is very limited, right? This is actually a downgrade from our essence, but we're here. We're making it work. We're learning our lessons. Therefore. In our body, sure, the mind is the um, operating system that a body is used to, but our essence, you know, it's a very different thing. So if you think about, for example, look at miracles, for example. Okay. Um, so this is something that's very personal to me because it's part of my earlier story. Um, but if you look around the world, there are people that, you know, a lot of countless stories from different cultures. So, people that were sick, they were going through something and doctors were like, it's impossible. Like, you know, this is like stage four or late stages. And you have somebody there, friend, family member who cared and they pray. All they do is pray and prayer is a form of intention. And next thing you know, they are, they, they heal and doctors are like, what happened? They can't explain it. And it happened to me because when I was um, in my mom's womb, like they did a bunch of tests. I was the, you know, I was first, I was her first child. So they were like, you know, first time doing a lot of different tests. And the doctors were like, he's got a kidney problem. And it's serious, right? So it was a kidney problem. It was serious. They did lots of different tests to confirm it. And it it was like, you know, there's something wrong, right? And she was really, really worried. It was the first thing she did. She went to church, lit a candle, prayed. She prayed. Heartfelt prayer. Was her mind the best and emotions the best? Probably not. Probably in fear. Probably freaking out. Probably thinking that, you know, she might lose me. All those I can't even imagine the spiral of emotions and the mental self-talk. I can't imagine it being positive because when you're dealt with science and evidence and doctors saying this is what's happening, and my mom's from a doctor in the Philippines, so she's in the medical field, so that's all she knows. So when her colleagues and people who are specialists are telling her that, that's what she believes in. But it didn't matter what she believed in. It didn't matter what her fears were. It didn't matter what her emotions were. She... Set an intention, you know. Pray that I be healed. And when I was born, they took a test, and it was gone. Do you know how it happened? Power of prayer, which is in, in is a form of intention. So that's why I say, like, it's it overrides our mind, and our emotions. Because when you're sending an intention, you know, and you and you really mean it. It's not your mind making the request; it's your soul making the request. Therefore. Yeah. That intention is put on a very different vibration, not on a human field, but on a higher field. And in higher fields, higher frequencies, things turn into you know th- thoughts turn into things quicker in higher vibratory fields. So mm-hmm. when people set an intention, you're realizing it's being put on a different frequency, it's kind of like going to the mail and suddenly saying, "Hey, this is going to be overnighted. Here's the tracking, and here's insurance in case it gets lost." So that. And you put it there and it doesn't matter. It's either it gets there or it gets insured and, and and you get the value and all those different things, but it's, you put it there, you do it once and it's, it's there. So this way, the way I look at it is um, realizing that we're more than just our bodies or more than our minds or more than our emotions. You know, we're energetic beings, like in an infinite, you know, infinite love and light in this, in this body capable of creating anything that we want when we're on, in unhindered and unblocked and realizing that that's who we are and that there's more than different ways to, to, to really manifest things in this reality. Yes, you can do it by thinking about it, putting time it, and, and, and it, fair enough, it works, but it's longer because it's being done on the human level, or you can do things yeah. at the higher level where, you know, little goes the long way, you know?
0: Okay. I love that. And I was smiling so big as you were speaking about the power of prayer, because it's one of those things that like gives me full body goosebumps. And I just am sent right back to like a remembering of like, this is true. This is true. Just knowing on a deep level that this is true. And I love that we have that power and that ability to tap into it. Is there anything? So we know, okay, the power of intention, the power of prayer, is there any other uh rituals or things that we could do to kind of as you're saying expedite or access this higher vibrational way of seeking things other than just saying, you know, I tend I intend for it to happen or saying a prayer asking for it to come true. Like how else can we get to the overnighted, express, insured package level of our desires?
1: I mean, there's different ways for sure. I mean, um So external route and internal route, right? So external route is like sacred sites. You go to Sedona, you go to different places that have heightened energy, like pyramids of Giza, Machu Picchu, like Sedona, sacred land, and they amplify everything. And when they amplify everything, it's easier to know who you are, right? That's the key because you go in there and at first you're like, wow, I'm doing a lot. It's easier for me to connect, easier for me to be clear, Right, it must be the place. No, it's just reminding you of what's hard for you to do when you're in a city that has a lot of distractions. Right, but it's there. It's easier. So sometimes external definitely helps for sure. Um, I think at the beginning a lot of it is things that are designed to support it. So maybe sometimes crystals can can help. Right. Um, so I have a lot of different crystals around here. I've got crystals that absorb negative energy. I've got crystals that clear negative energy and I've got crystals that raise the vibration. So what it does is in my own workspace, when I I know the nature of the world and things that are coming, so I don't have to, my body doesn't have to take the stress of absorbing negative energy and me having to clear it. If I have tools that can do that and I have tools that raise the vibration in my workspace, then I'm now stopping the bleeding and not allowing my vibration to be convoluted with all these different things. Cause a lot of times yeah. the reason why people like we, we, we naturally have a higher vibration, but it's the things that weigh us down to where mm. the whole day, instead of you just cruising along in your high vibration, now you're dealing with everything that's coming your way. And it's mm. like a fight. And at the end of the day, you're left with nothing to create. Right. So a lot mm. of the times it could just be stopping and being aware and, and setting up your system in a way where, It takes care of your vibration. Sometimes it's the people that you're around. Are you you with, you know, like with people that lift you up? That's why, you know, um, coaching, masterminds, the things that you you do for your clients, they're good because now they're exposed to something new that raises them up because they might be in negative environments. and, And there's, everybody has negative environments at times in their life, right? But if you have something to counter that, accountability, coaching, mentoring, exposure to something different, something that you want, then that counts for something that is, that, that helps a lot, especially if you're, mm-hmm. um, so what, if you're focusing on being exposed to more and more and more of people who are living the life that you want versus just settling for what you've got. Right. So for me, that's one of my favorites because as human beings, like we, we learn through immersion quick, the quickest and, and, and osmosis, being yeah. around what we want can change us. Like that's why they say, you know, being at, you know, you're the average of the five people that you're around, right? And that's true with a lot of different things. It can be the average of the five podcasts you listen to, the five courses that you have, right? You know, the five, you know, the five um, people that you you follow and you learn from can be that doesn't have to be just friends. Because I know in this day and age, it's hard to find role models that are in your circle. So if you can't do it that way, it's not the only way. You can literally search for a community where what you want is a status quo and by you being there and now you don't have to work on pure will and motivation to be like, let me get there. You're part of a community where it's setting you up for success because they pull you up by just being in the community. So for me, I like those things to where it doesn't require much, um, Oh, me or anybody doing, you know, brute force, pure will, I've got to motivate myself every day, because motivation, like, you know, it, it if you're not doing it, I mean, it, it goes away, it runs dry, right? Versus mm-hmm. if you create the environment toward an environment, now is your accountability, it pulls you up, it's there for you. Now you're making it automatic for you to be pulled up into those higher levels. So for me, the way I look at it is those are the big things, like, you know, as far as, what do you have to put in place that if it's there, what you want is almost inevitable environment and accountability and what you're exposed to, what you focus on is huge. It's huge because now, like, you know, um, you got to realize that we're, 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 re, we're, we're relearning a new way of being. If you've been taught by your parents, your environment and your your, your, your life experiences that this is how life should be you got to remember that was all crafted by your environment. And if you mm-hmm. want to change you, you got to realize that your environment plays a part. Therefore, you have to override this by being exposed to a new environment. In this environment, you're conscious about who is affecting you. And it's people that you know are living the lives that you want to live. Therefore, if you if you understand that you're a byproduct of your environment, then you can change your environment, upgrade your environment, knowing that that's probably going to be a, a fast way of, of, of leveling your life. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Environment is huge. And I love that you touched on if we can't change things or everything, you know, immediately in the physical space, there is this beautiful online space where we can connect with people that, you know, have things that we desire, that they've figured things out and kind of access that higher vibrational community of people that can pull you up even through a digital space. If you don't have these types of people, you know, as your parents or your close friends or what have you yet. I also love this idea that you mentioned of like us being naturally high vibrational. Yes. I think that's a really beautiful thing for everybody to like, just take on as a belief that you get to choose of like, I am naturally a high vibrational being. And instead of thinking about, I have to add all these rituals or tools or all this complicated stuff into my life in order to access the frequency that I want to be vibrating at. It's more like I am already high vibrational what is the fat maybe in my life that I need to trim to just like hone that? Um, I really love that. And I think there's a, there's a, to, to speak to that a little bit, maybe get your perspective on something. There is a conversation sometimes in the spiritual space about removing some -hmm. of these low vibrational things, uh, even like food or like certain activities from our lives uh, things like not drinking alcohol or perhaps not eating animal products or not partying or listening to certain types of music. I'd love to know your take on this as someone who's like an expert in the energetics. Is there value in that? And at what point does it become the over or like, is that something we should really be concerned with? Does it work? Does it not work? What is, what is your perspective on just like, honestly?
1: Okay, okay. I, I got a very um, different perspective on it. Um, it depends on, on people because I, I, I've seen people to wear um, certain lifestyles, certain way of eating work for them. And some people, they try that and it doesn't. It's not the best because we're all wired differently. So for example, I'll give you an example. Okay, if somebody is going to our retreat, it's all uh, vegan, organic, gluten-free. Why do we do that? Why is there no animal-based products? Because does it make it difficult when you're starting out to connect and to do the energetic work? I might throw a little wrench in there, a little obstacle, right? So we wanted to remove all the barriers at the beginning for somebody to reach those different levels. Is it easier for you to meditate, right, when you're in Egypt or when you're in sacred site, and when you're not – in the middle of your office with your phone ringing and distractions going in and out. Is it easier to meditate when you're isolated in sacred space? Sure. Is it sustainable that that's the only way you get to do it? No, because you're not going to be in a sacred space all the time. Right. Right. So for me, there's, this is is the way I look at it at the beginning. Yes. it, It is definitely removing all the blocks so that you can experience the energy of yourself Of your pure potency of you being extremely connected, of you being in a high vibration. So you at least have context for what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, as you progress and you, and and you, um, and you do the practices, like, you know, that's why there's a lot of tools. I use sacred geometry. I use energy because I've got to be able to, no matter where I am, be able to do things. So for example, my wife, she can channel and she can channel really quick with just breath work right? So it's not always how it was, no, but it is what it is now. If I have the channel, I've got to, it takes me several minutes and sacred geometry. I've got to build my, my way up there and sure, I'll be able to do it, right? But that's the way. And there's there's two ways. There's a more of an instant way and they're more of like, I got to build up to it. It's not impossible. I just have to build up to it. So if I am in Sedona, it's easier for me to heal somebody because probably I don't have to do much prep work, drop me in LA, mm. drop me in New York, drop me in a place where there's a lot more interference. Do I have to maybe take five or 10 minutes and do some extra practices and build my way up there? And instead be instead of it being fiber optics, it's like a dial up modem. Sure. I still get there, but the practice changes. So I yeah. feel like internally things can be, you know, can add little steps, but I don't like giving my power away to the external because I know what we can achieve with it. Like, and I, I, I've been able to do things in in the most extremely debilitating external situations. I just don't let that play a a fact, a factor in me doing it or not. Do I get, am I tired easily? Am I drained more? Is it harder? Sure. Is it possible Mm -hmm. to do it? Yes. So Yeah. yeah, certain foods, definitely certain practices, um, make it easier for you to reach certain levels faster. But if it's just not in the cards for you, it's not aligned with you. There are other ways to get there as well. Uh, It's not the only way. Um, so Mm -hmm. I think it's more of the energy behind it.
0: I just love this, this, what you're speaking to in terms of not only moderation of like, we don't have to be all or nothing with these, these ideas, but also, you know, remembering that, things can work at one stage of our lives and then not work later on and that's okay and we just have to be adaptable to the change
1: and looking so, at things with different lenses too because a lot you you brought up alcohol so for example i know i work with a lot of people in law enforcement and the military there's some of the detectives that i know are the most psychic people they walk into the a room they can taste what somebody OD'd on they touch a piece of clothing they know the history of it and no one teaches them how to clear their energy Therefore, they bring that to work. They bring that to sleep. They wake up with it. It's in their entire life. And when they drink whiskey, it weakens their chakra. So for a moment, mm. it's like, ah, right? But we don't look at things from the energetic point of view or from the spiritual point of view. We look at them from different lenses. And for me, I urge people to like, there's got to be a reason, right? When someone's extremely floaty, right? And they're floaty and they're like, I'm, I'm all over the place because their crown chakra is too big and they're not grounded. Like in the order just extremely like floaty. They eat fries, they eat some burger, they eat something heavy, and they're grounded. Not realizing, like, oh wow, what I thought you know was was happening, they did that and now they're grounded. Do I fault them because they didn't have the tools and somebody didn't explain to them when you're floaty, you need to be grounded. And and someone didn't say, you can have salt, you can you can ground by putting your feet on the ground. No one taught us this. So we're doing sometimes the best that we can with food. As a resource and not knowing what it is. So a lot of times is like when somebody brings comes up to me and they have got an issue with food, I come in there with neutrality, no judgment neutrality, because for me, if they're coming to me, they're coming to me because there's they're something they want to solve. If I want to solve it, I can't judge it. I have to understand it. So for me, yes, I can put on you know, how of somebody that's a nutritionist or somebody that's looking at things from the psychological level, sure. And people have different lenses in which they view things, but also view things from the energetic point of view. Well, what does their energetic body need? Why are they craving this? What's the reason? And once I know that, then I can be like, okay, that works, but you know what else works? This works as well. This works as well. This works as well. So now you have multiple resources. And when you feel like that, you know, you can do this or you can do this, 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 and that. So for me, I feel like, It's it's, it's systemic and it's a lack of awareness and education on what an energetic body needs and and what works in terms of clearing our energy and raising our vibration, you
0: know? Mm. I've never thought about it in that way of like using food to kind of ground our energy or change up our energy in some way. But like that being maybe the subconscious or underlying reason why we're doing some of these things, but. Yeah. Empaths, totally. I mean, empaths, that do it empaths,
1: empaths that are really sensitive to energy. They walk in a, they walk in a room, they walk in a mall and they get overwhelmed. They're, they're absorbing so much energy from other people and that's what's affecting them. Right. So for me, like when they're craving sweets and chocolate and alcohol or whatever, because they had that environment, I know when they have those things, it weakens their chakra. So what's a level 10 and an unbearable becomes level six. Right, mm-hmm. so I'm looking for those clues of like, why are they doing it? In order to yeah. and, and, and when I understand them, now I can help them. Right, mm-hmm. so a lot of days is just asking the questions and like, hmm, could this be related to energy? Could it be that my energy, my soul, my body is craving something, and and the, and it's craving something that I understand, but it's actually doing me a favor without me knowing it. Let me understand it first, and give it a shot. First, this is just labeling it and then shaming myself because I feel like I shouldn't be this person. Right.
0: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Last thing I have to ask you about is sacred geometry. Tell me something. Tell me something about sacred geometry. Like I know nothing about it and I'm just so curious. Anything.
1: Anything. So the way that the, I mean, gosh, you can geek out on this. So the way (laughs) I look at sacred geometry is everywhere, right? It's outside of us. It's inside of us. So outside of us. Like you look at great pyramids of Egypt, look at the pyramids, like one of the mysteries of the world, right? There's pyramids all over the world, right? All these pyramids. And it's not only pyramids all over the world. If you, if you Google sacred geometry in nature, you're going to see it. And like, you know, flowers, the Bonacci sequence, the golden, the golden ratio, and seashells, it's everywhere. It's like, like, you know, it's like, it's everywhere you look outside of us. And inside of us, you know, spirals, our DNA is like it's like octahedrons, two pyramids back to back. Our cells are spherical in nature. I mean, it's outside of us, it's inside of us, um, and it's been called the language of God because it's everywhere in creation. So the way I look at it is, it's this, it's this pattern that affects all living things, right? Um, And that's my first introduction to it. Of like, hmm, what is this thing that's outside and it's everywhere and it's also within us? And then when I Went um, deeper, like you know, I started seeing like sacred geometry in uh, in action. So pyramid technology, for example, is one popular one. So um, I read this um, study, and there was this uh, burn ward in Canada, and they put some people that had burns, some of them under a pyramid, and the other test group not under the pyramid, and the ones underneath the pyramid you know, healed faster, right? And then they were noticing this phenomena in, uh, in pyramids in Egypt to where some of the fruit that was there stayed fresher longer. So they started doing experiments where people started buying these pyramids that you can have for your home. They put produce underneath it. Um, and we tried it as well, like fruits and vegetables, and they stayed fresher longer, right? And the same thing is there's this researcher named Bill Carroll, um, and he did a, an experiment on brine shrimp. And you put a set of brain strip underneath a pyramid and one outside of a pyramid, right? And I forget, I'm gonna butcher this. I think the one underneath the pyramid, because it's been a while since I read it, either lived three weeks longer or three times longer, I can't remember now, than the ones outside of it. Because the pyramids, what they do is they allow for your body to stay in homeustatus, homeostasis um status quo. Regardless of what's coming in. That's one of the functions of it. So if there's Wi-Fi, if there's radio waves, if there's things that energetically throw you off, if you're under the pyramid, it can't affect you. It keeps you in status quo operating the way you're supposed to, regardless of external things. So that's one of the functions. With sacred geometry, it can keep things protected, it can amplify things, like you know, it can um it can um uh, help you access like different states and Of consciousness faster. It can be used for healing. It can be used for magnifying things. There's a lot of uses for it. Um, But in the beginning, people use it for protection because it's just good to protect your energy when you're out and about, right? So for me, like, and if you look at sacred geometry and pyramids and healing and science, you're going to find a lot of uses everywhere. Um, Practical, applicable uses that have been that have been studied. So for me, it's it's exciting because it's getting more traction in in the real world.
0: So to use this practically, it's just kind of like utilizing these shapes. Like we gave the pyramid example, but surely there's other geometrical shapes that, you know, have their own different things that they do, but could it be something as simple as just like utilizing the pyramid shape in our life in some way, like maybe putting an intention underneath a pyramid shaped stone on our desk or something like that.
1: Yeah, we can do so. I'll give you an example. This one gal came to one of my earlier workshops several years ago, and she came in because she had this debilitating social anxiety. Like for 15 years, like she, you know, she's been to, to therapists for it, taking medications, but she just for 15 years couldn't do a grocery store run. She would walk in the grocery store, get halfway through the aisle, would feel everybody's energy extremely overwhelming. She'd have to call a friend to take her home. And her friend or family member would finish the grocery store a run for her, right? And this has been a pattern, and it's been affecting her life. So she went to the workshop, and then I, and then I taught her what I'm about to walk you through this exercise. And afterwards, after she learned it, she gave us a you know uh, a call. Like I think it was like four or five weeks later, and she was like, "Guess what? I did my first grocery store run, start to end. I didn't feel anything." Right. Because she can go in there and not take on people's energies And for somebody who's, you know, can't even do a grocery store. And I'm betting, you know, that was not the only thing that affected her energetically, but that was the thing that was the most intense that she could recognize. And a lot of times we go through life like that without us knowing it, not, not realizing our full potential because we're always affected by other people's energies instead of being in our own. Right. So protectionism. Super important. So I want to walk you through it, Um so that, you know it's probably a better experience. You can get a get a feel for it, and then and then your audience can follow along as well. So first thing I like to do is I like to layer a lot of different practices because one might work standalone, but when I layer them, it just works more powerfully, and it's and it's just it's just more potent, right? So I always like starting off with an intention because I know how intentions work, right? So like the intention that I set, like, you know, and you can set as well, is like God, higher power, universe, you know, whatever you believe in, please help me discover the uh, specific sacred geometry and the specific practice that's going to help protect me from negativity. And you set it so that you're, you know, so that's, so, so that's step number one. So that's number one, intention. The second part is we're now, Gonna play around with different types of light colors that you feel is powerful when it comes to protecting you, right? So you can close your eyes real quick, okay, and let's let's try white. So imagine white light coming down from the sky, okay, and it's touching the top of your head and filling your entire body with white, right? Maybe you can see it or you can feel it. And for some, you just know it's happening. You don't have to to visualize it. Head to toe, your ears, neck, arms, chest, back, legs, all the way to your feet. Like just white. Fill it up with white. And kind of notice how you feel with white and what it does for you.
2: Okay? And when you're done with that, try purple. Imagine a purple light coming down the sky and doing the same thing, filling your entire body up with purple light. Head to toe. And as you're doing this, just notice the difference between purple and white, right? Just kind of notice what's different as you're playing with purple. Then when you're ready, you can try gold. Try gold and kind of just see what it does for you as you're filling yourself up with gold. Notice the subtleties or maybe even be, you know, more apparent. And then last is the wild card. Whatever color that you think of, first thing that comes in your mind, try it out. See how you feel with it. then when you're done, take your time. But when you're done,
1: just let me know which one you kind of resonated with the most.
0: So I have a confession to make, which is that I had a color before you even told me to close my eyes. Mm -hmm. And, and um, I've been told before that my channel is open enough where sometimes that will happen to me. Like I'll get the answer before the question is even prompted. Absolutely. So I was already thinking purple before we entered the the exercise. And then the, the second color that you had said was purple. So I was already going, yes. Okay. <laughs> feeling the purple. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go with, with purple.
1: So what were you, what were, what were you feeling with purple specifically?
0: Uh, it's interesting. Cause I felt like the white was the easiest for me to, to visualize, like to actually visually see. Yeah. Um, And it kind of like, lifted me a lot. Like they felt like there was a lot of levity in the white, like mm-hmm. almost like I wanted to sit taller and my chest opened up more. And it was like, my breathing got like a little bit like bigger, but lighter the purple. So when I transitioned from the white to the purple, what I noticed most was that the breathing kind of just like went back to normal and it was like anchoring. Like it was more, it wasn't as like, like big breaths and openness and lightness, and it was just more like steady. So I kind of felt like that was safe energy to me.
1: Got it. So a lot of it is knowing the difference because um, different colors can do different things, right? So, okay. So now second, the, the, the final part of it is we're going to, I want to experiment with actually both purple and white, right? Okay. Because now, now that you mentioned that, I'm, I'm curious what it will do. So close your eyes again. And this time, we're going to play with sacred geometry. So imagine yourself in a sphere. You're inside a sphere. It can be as big or as cozy as you want. And
2: you're inside a sphere, right? Now, when you're there, imagine filling it up first with white. All around it and within it. Right? Filling the sphere with that color. And just kind of seeing how that feels.
1: Right? Using white as your first one. And then when you're ready, you can shift it over to purple. Same thing, you're in sphere, but this time purple is the color you fill it up with it. And just notice the difference, right? It's the
2: most important part. And then when you're done with that, you
1: can try a pyramid. Imagine you're inside a pyramid, it can be as big or as cozy to where it's like literally you're, you're, you feel like You're nice and cozy in there. And same thing, fill it up with white. Seeing what it
2: does, the entire thing with white. And then when you're done, doing it with purple, filling it with purple. And just notice how different the pyramid is from the sphere as well. And the last shape I want you to try is... Imagine a a whirlwind,
1: like a spiral. You're inside of it, right? You're inside of it. And you're filling up the spiral with white at first to kind of see how it
2: feels. And then when you're done with that, trying purple and just kind of noticing how your body,
1: how your breath, all all these things are reacting to different sacred geometries and different colors as well. And when you're done, just let me know which one was the most impactful one for you.
0: Yeah. So interesting. It was almost like I I visualized each one a little bit different. Like the the white sphere, it felt like I was like floating in a bubble almost. But then when I moved to like the purple sphere, it was like, I imagined myself actually inside of like a ball, but that was sitting on the earth. Like it was like Mm -hmm. I was in an actual, like, you know, one of those human sized Yes. Like blow up balls. You can like walk around it. I was right. like, it was more like that. Um, so that was interesting. And the, with the pyramids, like the, the white one was like really big and like spacious, almost like if you were like a, like an events type, like tent or something that's like really yeah. big. And the purple one felt more like a camping tent that was like small and like cozy.
2: Okay. So here's the
0: spiral. The- I d- I don't know. I don't know if I had enough time to really like <laughs> analyze what was happening in this, in this spiral.
1: But here's the cool thing is like the white seems to lift you up in a higher vibration, which also works because sometimes your vibration is your protection That so where you're in a higher places. People just can't get to you. So white protects you by lifting you up in a higher vibration, whereas the purple protects you while being grounded as well. And they both work. And, and, and the cool thing about it is you can even layer it. Then you can try it out later for you to where you're like, um, you know, you're you can be one white and around around this purple and seeing what both can do, because you can start layering things of like, you know, sphere and then pyramid on and different colors and kind of like stacking things and seeing what it does. But, you know, and and, and that's a cool thing is if you want to meditate, then you know, white works for you because it gets you to a place of like you're. Lift it up, and if you're if you're wanting to ground, purple grounds you to where you're in the here and now. You're you're in your you're in your body, and you're you're there, protected but grounded, right? So it's pretty cool seeing how different colors help you access different states.
0: So for this, this woman that was struggling to move through the grocery store, just to kind of like bring this exercise sure. home for everybody, did you have her imagine some of her like protective colors and shapes as she was going through the grocery store? Or is it something that you do before or
1: both? Before. So before she even entered. So hers was different because um, what we didn't have time to do was freestyle. We kind of did it with a color, but now with the sacred geometry, it was like, whatever comes to you. And for her, what she used was two cylinders. That were almost like, like, think about it as half a cylinder, half a cylinder, and there are blades at the end. And it was mm-hmm. platinum and it was moving really, 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 really quickly. And that was her sacred geometry was cylinder shaped, platinum colored, moving really, really quickly. So anything that comes in can't even get in, get, gets cut or whatever, right? And she had that, um, picture that before she entered the store. And that was the thing that worked where she was like, I'm so safe in here. And, the, and, and, <laughs> and, 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 and it's interesting, um, how that worked because I was like, the more and the more I've seen, um, you know, it sounds so simple, but I've been hearing so many stories from people that are like, you know, they it's just so debilitating, or you know, they're 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 suicidal and they're like, I just I just can't take any more any any anything else, and they do something as simple as protecting their energy, and all of a sudden they can breathe, and they're in a different space, and they they get out of the space where they're always in fight or flight or spiraling and they're just they can just be and then they start growing and it was that was the missing piece is they were all they were always bombarded with all the external stuff that they didn't just have a chance to be and this is what i think what protection grants us at times is this this um the place to where we can just be and experience ourselves without always feeling like we're drowning in everybody else's energy you know
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That was such a cool exercise. I hope everyone that is listening to this, like took the opportunity as like, while I was doing it to close their eyes and Feel into what it, what the colors and the shapes and the geometry was like for you. So if you, if you weren't able to do that, if you were driving or something, definitely go back this episode and redo that exercise alongside me because that was awesome. Thank you, Oliver, so much for your time and your insights and your wisdom. Um, I would love for everybody to check out your new book. It is incredible. I'm so excited to get my own hands on it and read it. Um, I've been following along and you know, seeing the rest of the people who are. Uh, promoting it with you and talking about it. And it's just like a really, really cool movement. So for everybody who's interested, it's called Spiritual Activator, Five Steps to Clearing, Unblocking, and Protecting Your Energy to Attract More Love, Joy, and Purpose. The title alone sounds like something that we all need in our lives. So I'm really, really excited about this. Um, Thank you so much for all the incredible work that you and your wife are doing in the world. Uh, It means a lot. And We'd love to follow along on the journey. Can you let everyone know um, how to connect with you more and and follow more of your work and and where we can get the book?
1: Awesome. So yeah, I'm on Instagram a lot, like, you know, at Spiritual Activator. Um, I post a lot of my good stuff out. Most of my my best stuff is out there for free because I want to be able to give people the tools um, uh, they need uh, without buying anything. And if you resonate with it, um, the next thing is probably my book. But you can get it at um, www.spiritualactivator.com. Um, we have a lot of bonuses that come with it, like meditations, like you know, Facebook community that comes with it, um, different you know, PDF checklists just accompanies it and walks you guys through like the practices in visual or auditory form. But yeah, spiritualactivator.com and probably those are the the two best places to kind of start with and and get familiar with um just what I teach. But um yeah, most of my stuff, whether it's in YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, it's uh, my best stuff. I have this rule is my best stuff always has to be out there. Um and for me, I've got no problem doing that um, because I know there's more where it came from and it's just, it's just always flowing. So um so check it out. And uh and you know I'm so grateful for you having me here honestly. This is like one of those, you know, um you know Samantha one of those conversations to where I'm like, I know that you get it. Uh, and it's so cool to talking to somebody that gets both worlds like, yes, spiritual world, but you also get the practical, you know, of like, Hey, helping people, they like, you can know with their purpose work, start their business. They step into their, their light, you know, and, and doing all those different things. I feel like it's super important um, because I know like, you know, we're here to give our gift. We're here to spread love, spread our message and um, business is one of the ways we can do it sustainably to where, you know, you're able to do it and with what you teach, what what I've seen, I, I, you know, it's one of the things I feel like is super needed. So for me, it's super cool talking to you because I feel like you get both worlds of like, yep, you get, you get energy, you get abundance, but you also get purpose work and you know how to ground all these different things. And I think that's, you know, that's so cool that you, that's the kind of um, energy and simplicity that you give people in your podcast of like, here's what works in the real world. But also with with you know with higher information as well. And you blend it all and it's it's just fun. I can just tell the difference um with how you do it versus like some of the others that I've seen out there. So you know. Yeah,
0: thank you so much. That means a lot. Yeah. I think that's that's my favorite part is the fusion of both things, I always say spirituality and strategy. I love being in the ethereal, but I also love the tangible. And yeah, I've loved this conversation because I got the very same reciprocated back from you of like, we can go all the way over into the, you know, spiritual realm of things, but we can also be really anchored in the reality and what we have access to just with our bodies and our minds and our intentions. Um, so I think that's really valuable for the audience. Thank you so much for your time. This has been absolutely incredible. Uh, you guys make sure that you go and follow Oliver. He's putting out amazing content on TikTok and Instagram all the time, sharing lots of tips, grab the book. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram stories, a tag, both Oliver and I, so that we can see it and, um, show you some love on socials. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.